BioCharisma Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gardner. This week we have Isabel Friend of waterislife.shop. Uh, I've known Isabel for about nine years. I've uh, massaged her and her ex-hubby. God, we met way back in the day in Costa Rica. And I have to say, she her knowledge base around water is pretty much unmatched. And <laughs> we had cursory discussions in person about everything. Well, I shouldn't say everything. We, we discussed water. And I, she knew I was a big fan of Shaw Burger because I'd been building domes and egg-shaped, you know, uh, water vessels and all this type of thing to be able to structure water. And it seemed like she was just starting her journey. And now I have to say she is awesome the what she has on her shop right now is the best conglomeration of different devices that you can use to structure your water no matter what your budget is she has very inexpensive things to very expensive things and the reason why this is important is as the economies of everything get a little bit tight it's very important to understand that water is the lifeblood of health and water is the lifeblood of your your production you know good soil is one thing but having excellent water for for your gardens excellent water for your body excellent water for your animals it changes the game of everything and as you'll hear in the podcast there's been an onslaught of of uh, different things that have happened to kind of, I guess you would say, in the most benign way, pollute our waters above and below. So enjoy the podcast with Isabel Friend, and please check up check out her shop, waterislife.shop, as soon as you can. Thank you. Isabel Friend, nice to see you again. <laughs> Good to see you again, too. How have you been? I've been very well. We had a little mix-up with the daylight savings time. And this gets me, I was having a wonderful conversation yesterday with one of my assistants about chronotypes. Have you looked into what chronotypes mm-hmm. are? I've looked into them, yeah, a little bit, but I'm not very well versed in it. Well, we had a little mix up with the daylight savings time here between uh, Missouri and you're in Tulum, Mexico. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. The chronotypes is a really interesting study because as you know, with all your your work with water, which we're going to dive into. And by the way, you by far have the best website for everything water. Oh, thank you. I'm very in and. Everybody that's on my channel, they know I'm a I'm an absolute water nerd slash Nazi. <laughs> like I'm, I'm just so impressed with how you formatted your shop, and just how you get into every aspect. And we'll we'll get into that very soon here. But you've done a, a wonderful job with that. Thanks, I appreciate that. I feel like the site can be a little bit overwhelming sometimes for people because there are literally thousands of listings on it, but everything that's on there is really well vetted. You know, I don't put any crap that I don't think actually works on there. And um, and I've tried to organize it in a way that I hope makes sense for people. Well, I'll give you some positive feedback with this. I The, the, the website's waterislife.shop. 
I've sent probably a dozen people there. Everybody has, nobody's ha has had a problem with it. Awesome. I, yeah, I usually send a, a specific link depending on what they're talking about from, from your site. It just, mm -hmm. it works great. So I, I think you've done a bang up job. But yesterday I was talking with my assistant and he was, he's one of these people that his brain doesn't start functioning till 12 a.m. And it functions from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m. I'm the mm -hmm. exact opposite. My brain functions from 6 a.m. till about 2, 2, 3 p.m. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. And so my chronotype is the opposite chronotype of his. And I believe there's seven different chronotypes. And in doing massage, I noticed that the water in his body is a totally different type, the way the water expresses through his dosha. Interesting. It expresses completely different. And so I, I thought that would be a fun thing to bring up with you because we know light and water, what type of light you know, that touches the water, creates the water, or I shouldn't say creates the water, but conditions the water, structures the water. Let, let's just nerd hard on this. Like, because there are different doshas, there are different body types. There are these ways in which our body gets structured differently by different light and the quality of water that we have in us and around us. And you're like the water queen right now. And so I, I really want to jump into the, into, let's just start with the light, the light relative yeah. to the water. Oh, this is such a rabbit hole. I love starting with this because I think this is really the cutting edge of water science right now. Um, there's so much yet to be discovered and yeah, every little bit that we do begin to discover around this is just scintillating in terms of its ripple effects in our health and our wellness um, and our circadian rhythms and, and actually even just the potential to regenerate uh, the planet, regenerate the soil, et cetera. So uh, the study of light and water is called aqua photonics and it's, um, as I said, we need a, we need a lot more research into it, but it's something that even the ancients knew about. So, you know, if you, if you take it all the way back, starting with our indigenous ancestors, um, and even in some major religions, like the religion of Agamatirta, which is the holy water religion in Indonesia, um, you know, it's always been known that water has a very special relationship with the moon and with the stars and with the sun. And, you know, for example, in Bali, there's a, a, a particular ritual that they do where they take water from each one of the major sacred springs all around Bali, and they put them in these big uh, barrels, and the barrels are not allowed to have a top on them, and they're not allowed to break contact with the sky at any point. The trucks that carry them from spring to spring are not even allowed to go under a bridge. They can't even break contact with the sky for the 30 seconds that it would take to cross under a bridge because they have to be constantly absorbing all of the light and all of the energy from the celestial bodies. Uh, Theodore Schwenk spoke about this at length in his research. He's one of my favorite uh, water researchers from back in the day. And he, he spoke about how the way that water um, responds very intimately 
with the movements of the heavens, with the celestial bodies, actually weaves us and weaves our bio water into the great cosmic dance, into the, the choreography that is happening in the heavens. And so when our water is disconnected from those light frequencies, um, we're literally not receiving the information that we should be receiving into our bodies. Light is information, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could say that water itself is liquid light. Certainly Dr. Masaru Emoto said mm-hmm. that water at some point exists as light. And there's some research to suggest that for every one part matter in a water molecule, which would be the hydrogen and the oxygen, that's the one part matter, just two gases coming together and magically making a liquid. For every one part matter, there are a trillion parts photons. Now I don't necessarily subscribe to like the theory of particles or whatever, but we're just going to use the term photons Thank for you. now. Like, Thank <laughs> yeah. you. I knew I, I like you for a reason. <laughs> I mean, if we wanted to get more specific, we could say they are um, toroidal vortexing fields of etheric energy that happen to bring light through into the 3D realm from the ether, but it's not like they're these little billiard balls that contain light or something silly like that. I don't know. Um, But for every one part matter, there's a trillion parts of these packets of vortexing light energy. And um, water is happiest. Water has different, water has infinite numbers of an infinite amount of expressions and variations. She's literally the most sensitive thing in the world and the most versatile thing in the world. And so she expresses very differently in sunlight than she does in moonlight, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Victor Schauberger spoke a lot about how water in the sunlight becomes lazy water and it gets, um, it starts expressing more like uh, elderly water, for example. Whereas in the moonlight, you can see that a river flows faster. It has greater carrying capacity. It just has more energy to it. And generally speaking, the healthiest water for us to drink is the water that has the broadest spectrum of various frequencies of light energy in it. And so, whereas, you know, it could be great if you want to, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, just expose your water to 432 Hertz and that that's good. That'll structure or just expose your water to Schumann resonance or just, you know, with Kangen, like pump your water full of DC electrical current. (laughs) And it's like, no, 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 no. Water really loves to have the broad spectrum of the electromagnetic uh, frequencies available to it, and especially the broad spectrum of light frequencies available. And what we see happening when water actually has access to that um, is incredible. So uh, one of the laboratories doing really great work with this right now is Dolph Zantiga's lab, the Analemma lab. So they actually inherited their laboratory from... A, um, a Nobel Prize winner named um, Dr. Fritz Albert Pop, who was studying mm. biophotonics. So they're studying the biophotonic radiation of, um, of structured full spectrum water and finding that when you drink this water, it has the potential to uh, create brainwave coherence within just a few minutes of drinking it. Um, within 99% of the participants in one of the case studies that they did, um, and they're all third-party studies, um, 
in one in 99% of participants, they saw a biological age revitalization of one to 12 years in only three months of drinking the water based on glycan age tests. They've also found an incredible um, increase in ATP production. Um, I want to say it was like a 30% increase in ATP production, but I need to revisit that study to get, to get the exact number for that. But just an incredible increase in, in ATP, which of course is what structures your intracellular fluid, giving the intracellular fluid the capacity for higher cellular voltage. And then um, as well, and I think this is one of the one of the most um, promising aspects of it, is that when you water a garden with full spectrum coherent water, coherent meaning it's structured and then full spectrum meaning it has all of the light frequencies that water in nature would have, it has the full spectrum of light. Um, even if that soil has absolutely next to no measurable microbiota in there whatsoever, even if the microbiome of that soil is completely depleted, somehow this water will spontaneously generate de novo life forms and restore a full diversity within the spectrum of, of uh, microbi the microbiotic profile there. Mm -hmm which has massive implications for our health and our own gut microbiome as well. When we drink this water, um, you know, so many of the modern chronic diseases stem from microbiome depletion and, you know, water of course is the, is the foundation of life. Water is life, but how can water create life? Uh, a lot of it has to do with the way that water actually translates light frequencies into into life force energy. In fact, can, um, can I tell you about a, pri a personal exp uh, a experiment that I did for three years? Please, yeah. So, you know, I've been like into Schauberger for 15 years. And I, I came across a few alchemists that had shared with me that magnetite is the prima material. And one of these scientists slash alchemist said, go ahead and make a cylinder where in the sleeve of the cylinder, sort of like when you have the vacuum uh, flasks, imagine filling the vacuum area full of a thin, a thin layer of magnetite mm -hmm. and then inside put the purest water possible. Mm -hmm. So the magnetite isn't touching the, the, the actual water and put it out from new moon to new moon and see what happens. Mm -hmm. So I made all these different magnetite sleeves because where I was living had tons of black sand beaches and I'd go collect the magnetite, made the sleeve, put it around this highly vortex water, like clean spring vortex water, did the new moon to the new moon. And there would be all these crystal growths inside the water. Now this is, it wasn't bacterial. It wasn't anything like it wasn't like I didn't clean the inside of the vessels and the water was just getting, you know, gross. Mm -hmm. There was literal transference from like you're saying full spectrum, both sun and moon, that light would travel through the glass, which is a silica. It would quote unquote stop at the magnetite because the magnetite wasn't transparent, but no, it didn't. The water was always aware of the light source that was around it. Mm -hmm. And somehow, some way, there would be these little crystals. And we put these crystals on in Petri dishes and looked at them. 
and it, it looked like the most magnificent, different gold, platinum, silver, just like it was, uh, we were essentially growing precious metals mm -hmm. in this water. And the way we did the control in the test was we had water from a spring that was by itself, a water from a spring that we vortexed, water from the municipal tank. And we did all these different things to see the different rates of growth. And it was amazing. It was astounding the the one-to-one -one correlation between the structured spring water and the amount of information transference that would occur. I mean, it was to such a point where I have all the confidence in the world that there are such things as these yogis that can live on live on their breath. That can be breatharian or just just have water because we live in the fluid of water. It's just less dense. <laughs> mm -hmm. And if you're if you're in that mode, your consciousness is in that mode. You you're you're more powerful than magnetite is. So how could mm -hmm. you not actually just go ahead and create all these little whatever your body needed? Let's just say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we are such incredible miracles. Our bodies are temples of the divine because we're 99.92% water and molecularly speaking, 70% water by volume, but molecularly speaking, you know, every, out of every thousand molecules in our body, 999 of them is water. And, and they've done um, studies to show that, uh, are you familiar with Soleil solution? No. So Soleil solution is, is basically just a super, super saturated saline. Um, but it's, it's, it's magical. So all the ancients made it in many different cultures and anyone can simply and easily make it at home. You just, um, fill a jar with a lot of really high quality salt and then fill it with water. And then there's this alchemy that happens where the resulting solution is not like salt and not like water. It is like a third thing, like Soleil solution itself has these incredible life-giving properties. Um, and especially when you put it out in the sun and you allow it to collect that solar energy. And I think it was the chemist Stanley Miller who showed that, um, you know, highly saturated um, mineral rich, uh, uh, mineral mineralized body water can actually generate pretty much any amino acid that you need, right? Mm -hmm. it, you, your body can endogenously create any nutrient that you need if you're very well hydrated. So it's not even necessarily that we need to be, you know, taking in all of these nutrients. And I'm, I'm not saying that I'm a proponent of breatharianism or even a proponent of water fasting necessarily in all cases, but the, the body absolutely does have the potential to create everything it needs endogenously because water is the original progenitor. It's what creates all life. It's what gives birth to all, all substances, all genetic expressions. In so, fact, they did an experiment where they put um, a super, super saturated Soleil solution with certain electromagnetic charge forces and, um, and it started generating DNA. It started generating, like bringing together <laughs> amino acids and, and generating genetic information. And that's how it was believed that things happened in the primordial soup. If you believe that whole, uh, you know, theory of, of evolution, but that's the, that's kind of the mainstream. So the Soleil solution that makes sense to me in talking to my alchemist friends, because from the alchemist perspective, if you say water carries memory, they'll laugh at you. They say, no, salt carries the memory. 
and water is the carrier. It's the it's the universal solvent. And so the to have these high grade salts, do they tell when you say high grade salt, do you know what type of salt they use? You can make it with any kind of salt. So I like to personally, I like to switch between different kinds of salt. There's volcanic salts, there's Celtic salts, there's obviously Himalayan salts. There's some salt flats out here in the Yucatan that's fun to go harvest from. I think mm. if you can get a local salt, that's usually the best. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause that's sort of like a, an effective microorganism. If you can make it from locally, it's going to suit your body, your, your biome much better. God, you, you've said so much already. I could go a thousand different directions with this. <laughs> so with the Soleil solution, um, that in a very, God, I have to bring this up just because it's awesome. So what we're finding out now with building is, do you know how a building is usually grounded out? No. So they'll take a, like a metal rod that's conductive and they'll pound it straight into the ground. And then that metal rod is connected to the ground in your breaker box. And that rod is supposed to take all the extra noise from the system and send it into the ground. And I do the same thing in massage. Like the whole thing that I'm there for is when I work on somebody is to be the grounding rod to take whatever mm. noise is in the system, whatever electrical noise is and give it to the ground. But what they're the best grounds in the world have a tremendous amount of salt in them. So what they'll do is they'll make a salt cylinder and then they'll stick the, the grounding rod in the salt cylinder because mm. the entire time the salt is attracting the water. Mm. And then the water, the more the water is interacting with that grounding rod, the less noise there is in the system. Interesting. Isn't it that cool? It's so cool. And it makes perfect sense. It kind of reminds me of um, of some of Tesla's later exper experiments when he was in Colorado later in his life. Mm -hmm. I think it was Colorado, wasn't it? It yeah. was Colorado Springs. Yeah. And um, he, he first got there and his typical experiments that he had been doing in Europe weren't really working very well. Right. And he was like, what is going on? What is different? And he realized that it had a lot to do with the water that was underground. And so he, he drilled a giant rod down into the aquifer under the ground. And suddenly his experiments started working so much better. And so in his later life, he started actually studying a lot of Schauberger mm -hmm. and um, writing a lot about how water is, is connected to electricity and is potentially the source of electricity and all of that kind of thing. And kind of went a little bit more in that direction of like how important water is for the creation of free energy, even if the free energy that's being generated is, you know, more electrical in nature and less like kind of Schauberger's vortexing, you know, in nature. But I want to come back to something that you said before about the, about the salt being the carrier of, of memory rather than water being the carrier of memory. And I would say yes and no, if I may disagree <laughs> with your alchemist friends a little okay, bit. Okay, great. Because on the one hand, yes, and you can't really separate healthy water from salt, right? right? Any more than you can separate yourself from the minerals in your body. If you didn't have minerals in your body, you would not be a person, right? So, right. so water needs to be a whole well-rounded being. 
in nature, you actually never find pure H2O. It doesn't exist. Even rainwater, which we say is quote unquote distilled, as soon as you know it, it's in the atmosphere, it's exposed to all kinds of other things, other gases, other microorganisms. Water is always filling itself up with everything in the environment, right? So pure distilled water does not exist in nature. It exists in laboratories and, you know, it exists. I think uh, distillation was originally created for alchemists, you know, and then reverse osmosis was created for, for laboratories and that kind of thing. So there's no, um, <clears throat> there's no water without minerals, <clears throat> without some kind of minerals in nature. And so oh, a healthy water is going to always have that. And yes, that does help her to conduct the memory, but also, if you do experiments just on purely distilled water in a laboratory, you can see the way that it does actually shift its molecular structure based on the information that it's surrounded by and that it has the potential, at least according to many of the ancients, it has the potential to encode an actual infinite amount of information just within the, the hydrogen bonds in terms of the the geometries through which they form. So mm -hmm. whether they form a 104 degree angle or a 109 degree angle, those hydrogen bonds together, geometry is information, right? And so, you know, if you, if you talk to uh, most, you know, water scientists, they would say that in every cluster of water molecules, which can range from anywhere from three to 60 molecules, there are around, you know, 440,000 panels and each one of those panels is responsible for sensing and storing and receiving and transducing and transmitting and even amplifying energy vibration and frequency but that's actually just the smallest unit that we've been able to measure in a lab if we had higher powered equipment we would see that each of those panels is then further subdivided into smaller panels at ad infinitum so that there's actually this um, embedded kind of fractal geometry within these molecular clusters with an, an infinite number of of senses an infinite number of panels that are constantly sensing and so in that way water is the sensory organ of the universe she's always paying attention through these these different senses of awareness these different panels and then you know if you if you look at hydrogen which is one of my greatest fascinations in life. You know, Nassim Haramein showed that uh, the proton at the center of hydrogen is basically has the same geometry as a 64 tetrahedron black hole. And so whenever the electron, you know, buzzes away from the hydrogen momentarily, which happens all the time in water, even in your own body water all the time, you're left with just a bare naked proton, even if it's just for a quick little zeptosecond at a time, it's opening this black hole of infinite information transfer. And so that information is somehow piercing through time and space into wherever black holes go, the heart of unity, the heart of oneness, wormholes into other black holes, who knows. Um, but then sending that information back, and that is actually the information that the water is reflecting. The water isn't necessarily reflecting an exact reflection of the information it receives, but it's reflecting back this information from the field. And we can see that, um, we can see that in in laboratories because now this is the coolest the coolest experiment that I think has been done in a really long time. So this was done by Jonathan Butts, and I don't even know that he has made this paper public yet. Um, but he was uh, he saw that 
if you expose water to one really steady frequency, even if it is a really, really harmful, degrading, destructuring, disharmonious frequency. have uh, periods of silence so that it can integrate everything, it will actually come back with something that is harmonious. So it could take a frequency like 5G and actually is that it shows that water has this, this intelligence, that water has the capacity for this incredible, incredible problem solving, mathematical computing power, because it refines it by the phi ratio. Mm -hmm. It doesn't just send back another frequency, it sends back the frequency refined by the phi ratio every time. So it can take disharmony and turn it into life supporting vibration. And I think that that's happening through these, these hydrogen atoms opening the black holes where the information goes through. And this is why all of the ancients spoke about water as being the medium between the manifest and the non-manifest, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, this point of communication between the human and the heavenly. Oh, we had a little cut out. I am so with you. I did a whole talk last year on the phi ratio and water so oh, you cool. are you are speaking my language because you know the the shape of a pyramid mm -hmm. the actual the 52 degrees that's like that's exactly the way the quote-unquote traditional water molecule the positioning of the oxygen to the hydrogen mm -hmm. and when you turn the pyramid so that you could see two faces on it, you get the bisection, which is known as a, oh, I'm going to forget the name. I did a whole thing on it. It's this, it's a non-commensurate geometry. Mm -hmm. It's the only non-commensurate geometry known to man. Hmm. The only one. Okay. It, I'm not familiar with that term, non-commensurate geometry. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you it. Uh, one yeah. of my, one of my mentors in magnetics, uh, Ken Wheeler, have you seen any of Ken Wheeler's work? I've heard about his work. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he what he says is pretty cool. Cause he's an optics guy. He's somebody that's like gone all the way through optics to the point of like scalar interferometry and the, what, how he expresses in his public face is he teaches people about magnetics and he's convinced that hydrogen is just condensed light. Yeah. So, so that, that so that fits your, your notion or the notion that you're expressing, but then you have to get into what is light, mm -hmm. which is a lot of fun. <laughs> and yeah. Then now we're talking cosmology. And so the way he describes light is light is a coaxial circuit. So when a person is saying, oh, there's a photon, that's just them being aware of something at one instant in time. Mm -hmm. So they take a snapshot of it. But if, if you were to actually live it, like water is life, that is a circuit that there's an actual, there's an, there's an actual, there's a connection and what hydrogen is. And he, and he also surmises that everything in the periodic table, even if you're to go to the Walter Russell route is just mm -hmm. a, a derivative of hydrogen. Mm -hmm. It's just additional hydrogen, additional hydrogen. And now you have, mm -hmm. you know, you go all the way up to unobtainium, right? 
So here you have, this gets to the whole notion of this, this being God's hologram, God's liquid mm -hmm. hologram, <laughs> mm -hmm. which I really like that idea. So if light is this coaxial circuit and where it has an interference pattern, well, let's say it crosses another light stream, another coaxial circuit in its most simplified form, that's hydrogen. That interference pattern where you have two streams of, of this coaxial circuit, the nexus point of that would be hydrogen. And then the more complicated these, let's say, light streams overlapping each other, these coaxial circuits get, the more complex the, the, the quote unquote substance is, mm -hmm. right? And I, I hope I'm doing him or no disservice by describing it that way. I've, I've, I've taken a lot of what he's taught and condensed it for the sake of this. But for me, I mean, water we're talking about its sensitivity we're talking about how it's not only sensitive to light it's it's sensitive to whatever environment is i've known ever since a little kid water tastes better when you drink it from a glass like water likes mm -hmm. silica more than it likes plastic mm -hmm. it really likes crystal <laughs> when you drink water from crystal it's like it starts to sing um, Schauberger said, you know, showed that water really likes being stored in eggs because the shape mm -hmm. of the egg, it's always moving. And so the way I've likened water is to a beautiful woman. Mm -hmm. You have to treat it like you can't put ugly things around a beautiful woman. You have <laughs> to put beautiful things around a beautiful woman. That's just how it works in nature. And being the negative pole. I mean, people say water is neutral. I think the reason why water speeds up uh, when it's like given the moon energy is actually because it, it, it actually reflects more of the negative pole. That's why it is the universal solvent. It, it, it will absorb, it, it will absorb everything in the end. And so that's just my projection onto it, but there's this, there's this quality to always be always receiving that water has that is a direct mirror in my consciousness to the way a healthy, a healthy woman expresses. It it's the muse. It has the capacity to receive. And then through receiving, she inspires. Right? Like that's like literally the, the archetype of the muse. Mm -hmm. I know I'm jumping all over the place. We started talking about <laughs> photons and, and the, the condensation of, of light into hydrogen. But to me, it's all the same thing. It all yeah. is this, this, you could say, universal expression of the provider, mm -hmm. of the creator. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, there's so many juicy little nuggets in what you shared. And I want to talk about all of them with you. I feel like we could talk for so many hours. I don't even know where to start. Well, first, 
what you're expressing about water being a woman is exactly what the Kogi tribe of Colombia say. And for anybody who's listening, who's interested in, you know, water cosmology from an indigenous perspective, they have one of the most beautiful and intact water cosmologies in existence. And they say that, that that's exactly how we should treat water is as the most beautiful woman in the universe. Women, mm. we should see her as a mirror of ourselves because what we do to water, we do to ourselves. We should see her as our mother, as our sister, as our daughter. Um, you know, men should see water as their most dearly beloved. And they also say that water holds the matrix of reality, that it holds the hologram of reality and contains all worlds, contains all realms of reality from, you know, our daily waking life, which we obviously perceive through our watery body and our watery senses, to um, the dreams when we sleep, which are light projected into the holographic matrix of highly, highly structured, highly, highly mineralized cerebral spinal fluid, which actually lights up. You literally have a lake of light in your central ventricle um, that is constantly emitting this photonic energy. And it's believed that that's where dreaming and imagination take place through this liquid matrix. Um, and even the, you know, the visions that we receive in medicine ceremonies, all of it, all of it is held within water. And because wa one water is always in contact with every other, you know, one drop of water is in contact with every other drop of water in existence, perhaps through this black hole um, um, protons that are opened up in hydrogen, which, you know, protons in quotes here, we could say, mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, through the, through the black holes of hydrogen, that all water is in constant communion with all other water in direct proportion to its, to its health and to its structure. And so our version of reality, our experience of, of our little, our little, you know, dojo mandala of our our own micro reality for each one of us is nested within and mirrored within the greater holographic matrix of all of reality that's how you know it's how we we create our realities was actually through water you know dr carly newday talks a lot about this in her book about how water actually is the the locus of manifestation the locus of the biology of belief the locus of the law of attraction all of those all of those terms you know for the fact that you know we're living in a holographic world and yet there is not only what we create individually but also what we share collectively and that that water is kind of what weaves the micro to the macro and the personal to the collective because everything is watersheds nested within watersheds right like our cells are 70 percent water by volume our bodies are 70 percent water by volume the earth is 70 percent water um, on the surface you know if you if you scale up to the the galaxy, or sorry, the, the solar system is said to be 70% water, 70% uh, of the condensed matter in the outer solar system is said to be water. If you don't necessarily subscribe to that uh, model of cosmology, then you could also say like, just beyond the firmament, it is all oceans out there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really profound because, you know, even according to the mainstream model, 70% of the universe is hydrogen, right? But the universe is only, or but the visible universe is only 5% of the universe as a whole. So 70% of that 5% is hydrogen. So that's 4% of the universe. But then the other 95% of the universe, what is that? Well, they say that it's dark fluid. And dark fluid is the combination of dark matter and dark energy, which both behave like fluids and superfluids in nature. Well, what is dark matter? There are a lot of scientists who are now saying it's ionic S-state hydrogen. And mm -hmm. 
ancient black holes. So if you take all of that into account, 99% of the universe is hydrogen. And as you were saying, like, like Walter Russell and, um, you know, many amazing, brilliant people have said, like, everything is hydrogen, everything comes from hydrogen, like we tend to think of our sun as being fire. Well, Dr. Yul Brown, who, who, who invented um, Brown's gas, well, quote, unquote, invented Brown's gas, he invented the Brown's discovered. gas machine, discovered I don't even know that he was the first one to discover it. He He was the first one to name it after himself um, and did so much amazing pioneering work on it and so much research into it, devoted his whole career to it. By the end of his career, he said, the sun is water. Yes. And so, I mean, really everything, everything in nature is, is, is fluidic. Everything is woven together in this incredible um, fluid matrix of reality. And I feel like I actually, I, I love that you brought up hydrogen because and I don't want to, I don't want to go too deep in this rabbit hole, but I actually literally just wrote a 37 page treatise on why hydrogen is the Holy spirit spoken of in the scriptures. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And Walter Russell, you know, he says hydrogen isn't even an, an element and that none of the elements are separate, but they're always transforming into one another, but yes. hydrogen actually holds eight octaves within itself. So if you think of the universe as being a symphony of, of sound, a symphony of vibration, sonically, hydrogen contains eight octaves inside of itself. So it is like mm. this, this perfect, the perfect geometry and I love what you're saying. I hadn't heard that before. I'm definitely going to have to check out Ken Wheeler's work on hydrogen now. So thank you for turning me on to that. And I'm sure you're probably familiar with Dan Winter's work yes. around it. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of my favorite recent discoveries too, where he's, he talks about how um, the radii of hydrogen is actually Planck length times the golden ratio. So basically, I mean, the Planck length is like the the universal key signature of the, it's like the, the yardstick with which you can measure anything in nature, like mm-hmm. anything down to the subatomic realm, all the way up to the macrocosmic realm, everything is, can be measured in, um, in multiples of the Planck length, which is like the tiniest thing that's ever been measured, but it's also this really, really sacred, um, division, I guess you could say. And then obviously the golden ratio is, you know, the, the signature of nature, the signature of beauty, the signature of life force energy. And so when you multiply those two bits of perfection together, you get the the seed. It's like the bindu point. It's like the this this creational seed of hydrogen that expands into everything else. And what does hydrogen even mean? Well hydro means water and gen means creative. So it's the creative spirit, the life force essence, the energy of water itself that is the substrate of potentially 99% of the universe. And then I believe personally that the universe is one giant organism one big living body maybe a cell maybe a maybe an embryo maybe an egg um but that it is highly conscious and so you know it's 99% hydrogen potentially and we as smaller holographic mirrors of it are 99% water molecularly it's just beautiful how the watersheds are nested within the watersheds and always mirror each other in self-similar fractal patterns I love how you put that watersheds nested within watersheds you know I always talk about the nested doll aspect of consciousness because Mm -hmm. in a lot of the technology that speaks to water in a way that water will let's say go over unity it's always 
a cell within a cell within a cell within a cell. And they're always that there's always a proportion and a and a congruency. And water loves it. Mm -hmm. So one of the people I need to introduce you to is Dr. Moshe Daniel. He created these cells called Mojo cells. And it's it's a it's a way in which you can generate orgone. Um, so orgone for those those people out there that uh, don't know what orgone is, orgone was coined from Dr. Wilhelm Reich, and he was talking about this energet, this energy, this extra energy that occurs during cer certain circumstances that in the procreative aspect of life, you know, during like, let's say orgasm between man and woman, there's this extra energy and then so-called life occurs. Well, there's also orgone energy and really beautiful landscapes and springs and waterfalls. When somebody feels gratitude, there's this extra energy that occurs within them. And he noticed in his studies that in dehydrated, uh, let's just say organisms, the amount of orgone that would come from them was greatly deplete, like <laughs> to the rate that you deplete the, the, the structured water would be to the rate that you would deplete the capacity to create orgone. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've, built and installed organ accumulators and multiple different devices and the type of water that you put into the device, the love and the care that goes into it, the water is always sensitive to it. But all these devices are these beautiful curves that are within beautiful curves, within beautiful curves. You try and do this with like boxes or things that are, are uh, let's just say more angular and more like Bauhaus type of thinking in the, you get no organ. <laughs> and so I, I love what you're bringing up with, with hydrogen being in a way the, the key to the Holy spirit or, or being the seat of inspiration because it bears out, it bears out through experimentation. Like you can take somebody that's very gifted, you dehydrate them <laughs> their gift goes away <laughs> greatly. Mm -hmm. So what yeah. was it? Is that person different now? Well, yeah, they are different because now the waters within are without. Mm -hmm. And so therefore there goes, there goes the inspiration. There goes the, the conduit for this extra energy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's one of the primary roles of, of water in nature and in our bodies is to be the storehouse and the vessel and the amplification a vessel of all of this life force energy. And, you know, it's like Dr. Dr. Zach Bush said, you can't have a spiritual experience. If you're dehydrated, you can't have a spiritual awareness of your own identity. If you're dehydrated and, you know, water is, is the vessel of that, of that, the locus of, of consciousness itself. It's been said that water is the glove on the hand of consciousness, that it is, it's the very skin on the hand of God. If you want more God energy, more life force energy, more ability to tap into your own God essence, that's going to have to happen through the, through the channel of water, because water is so highly conductive. 
And, you know, even, even taking it, you know, down from the, the spiritual realm and just putting it into the biological realm, which of course you can't really separate them, you know, the healthier mm-hmm. you are, the more spiritually tapped in you are, et cetera. But, um, you know, we can see in experiments that when you're a baby, you're almost entirely highly structured water. By the time you're an elderly person, it decrease, it goes from about 90% when you're a baby to about 50% when you're an elderly person, mm-hmm. that the process of aging really is just a process of drying out. We are bodies of water before we are anything else. And, and, um, the process of dying, if you die of old age, is the process of drying. If you look at the intracellular fluid of an elderly person versus a baby, you can see that the elderly person's intracellular fluid is far more destructured. Um, and, and that's true even of people with any disease state. So it doesn't really matter whether we're talking about cancer or you know, AIDS or diabetes, or it doesn't matter what the state of disease is, you'll see the same patterns of water destructuring happening <clears throat> across the board. And in fact, the measurement that we use to measure a person's hydration is the exact same measurement that we use to measure their life force energy. It's called the phase angle test. <clears throat> and it basically measures how much electrical energy your cell membranes can bring across. Hang on just a sec. need more water to talk about water. (laughs) (laughs) So, so how much electricity can your cell membranes actually conduct is measured by phase angle. And it's at a one-to-one ratio with your hydration because the osmotic flow of water in and out of the cells is an electrical process. So if you're talking about how much prana, how much mana, how much chi you have in your body, you are literally talking about how hydrated you are. And, you know, when we do hydration tests on people, I say we, I don't personally do phase angle tests, but when clinicians do phase angle tests on people who, um, are have any kind of disease state whatsoever they're likely to come in around six or below so so uh, the healthiest phase angle reading would be like 12 most of the population bell curve is like from like six to eight ish and then um you know if you have cancer you're likely to come in around 4.5 or Ooh. below which shows that just from a hydration standpoint you literally cannot get cancer unless you are so dry that you're nearly dead but this is this is one of the big the big parts of my uh my work personally because even though i i love all the really esoteric stuff i find that people really kind of just most of the time just need the basics because we live in a world that is so unaware of the nature of water that most people think hydration means drinking more water. And so if I say to somebody, you're hydrated, they're like, okay, I'll go drink a glass of water. No, (laughs) hydration has actually relatively little to do with the water you drink and everything to do with how well you tend and cultivate your internal bio waters. How well can you absorb and retain the water that comes through you? Can you generate de novo water in your cells? Can your cells generate metabolic water? Um, Can 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 I give you a case Mm -hmm. study? Please. I grew up in South Florida. South Florida has the worst rated water in the United States because the, uh, the water table is the same as the ocean. (laughs) And so they, they, 
there's all these great aquifers in northern Florida, north of Lake Okeechobee, but the let's just say the municipal water is essentially they're always trying to scrub it from brackish water. And because every single person in their brother has like a condo there, you have all the geriatric waste and all the regular people's waste that is pumped into the same aquifer. And so then they scrub it with terrible chemicals because they have to, mm -hmm. but they never are able to scrub the signature, like the, let's just say the homeopathic signature of all the drugs, all the, mm -hmm. the toxins. So you might quote unquote, get clean water, <laughs> but it's not. And so every South Floridian that I know suffers from what I suffer from is that because we were born in that and we bathed in that and we drank that, we actually have an aversion. Our bodies are constantly dehydrated because mm. the shock of that being in that systemic craziness <laughs> of of just like always having toxic water on you and mm -hmm. in you. What I have seen in people that are from South Florida, they have horrible skin mm. and you'll have people that visit South Florida. Like when I first started my massage practice, I was massaging all these Scandinavian people and they had this beautiful skin and I thought it was genetics. And then I started to learn, oh, no, these towns and these, these, these cities that they were from were up in the Alps and like beautiful spring water, like they have cisterns and things like that. And th you could see it. The, the better the, the water was, the better their skin was. Mm. And as a massage therapist, I became like a skin expert because you can tell what's going on with somebody because the skin is the largest organ. And so somebody that's perfectly hydrated, you need like, like maybe like one little pin drop of coconut oil and you can work their entire body for as long as the session is. And like the body is like actually giving just the, the, the epidermis is giving just the perfect amount of tension and relaxation. And so you can, you get a dehydrated person from South Florida that was born and raised there. You're like having to like, you know, crack out the, the fire hose of oil because <laughs> the skin is so dehydrated. And so therefore, you know, the organs are dehydrated and this is with every dosha. Like I, I had Indian Ayurvedic experts saying, Oh, it depends on the dosha. I'm like, look, I know all of that. I, whether it's a pitta, kapha, vata does not matter if they're dehydrated, the body doesn't the body is not producing the same amount of, for lack of a better term, oil or lubrication during the friction process on the epidermis. And so, so here's the case study. You're born in an area that doesn't have clean water. And let's say you're conditioned in that for 22 years. <laughs> what, what would you say? And I know different bodies are different. So let's X that out. Let's just use me as the example. Five foot nine, 185 pound athlete, sweat every day of his life because he's an athlete, but exposed to terrible water and has an aversion to water. 
what would be a protocol for somebody like me that that could bring me to a state where I could get hydrated? If somebody has a strong aversion to drinking water, there are a lot of other lifestyle factors that we can look at to make sure that we can optimize the water that's already inside of them. And so there are a lot of factors around that. One of them goes back to what we were originally talking about at the beginning of the conversation when it comes to circadian rhythms and Mm -hmm. light, because light is just a bundle of frequencies that has to be brought in by the right water, whether we're talking about how light affects the growth of plants, photosynthesis is a process of water. If we're talking about how the sun affects the climate, all of that is cloud microphysics and fluctuating sea surface temperatures, and all of it is a process of water. The only way that light or heat or energy is translated into life is through your bio water. So we want to make sure that you're getting the right light so it can have the right conversation with your bio water. So having a proper circadian rhythm is actually a big part of hydration. And that'll make sure that your hormones are balanced when the circadian rhythm is more balanced and hormonal processes are also another big part of hydration because what happens when you're high, when you're dehydrated is your body goes into like this drought management mode and it says, okay, we have very limited water reserves on board. And so we need to ration those. And so it produces things like histamines and prostaglandins, which act as the regulators to determine, to make sure preserving areas and doesn't go to any of the the less essential areas, which is why, you know, when you get dehydrated, you'll get brain fog or you'll get mood swings or you'll get sleepy or you'll get gut issues or you'll get skin issues or like there's a million different manifestations of dehydration. Really every Every state of, of sickness is some manifestation of dehydration. Dr. Batman Gelich proved that out really well. So we want to get those, those hormones in balance, those histamines and prostaglandins in balance. Um, another big factor that is really commonly overlooked is EMF, so electromagnetic fields. So when you're in the presence of strong, non-native, man-made EMFs, your body literally cannot absorb water in the same way at all, or nor make use of the water that's already in flow in your body. So um, basically what it does is it, it shorts out the electrical current at the cell membranes, which again, the, the osmotic flow of water is an electrical process. It's hydroelectric, right? And so, um, in, and then also your gap junctions start resonate, resonating at the wrong frequency. So having a really good um, EMF strategy in place for people is an important one. Um, Making sure that people are getting enough time grounded on the soil and not spending too much time in AC or artificial heat because that will dry the body out. Um, There's also dietary factors that we look at. So there are two big things when it comes to the dietary factors. One is eating a deuterium depleted diet or a diet that will help your body to deplete itself. Um, So that would be a diet that is really high in very high quality fats, for example. For every 100 grams of high quality fat that you eat, your body produces 110 grams of metabolic water. There it is. Yeah. Or you could just drink a bunch of deuterium depleted water and then... That will deplete your which I have a question water. for you about because <laughs> as far as I know about structured hydrogen rich water and deuterium depleted water, I don't know how these canisters can actually keep the that 
So I there's a. As far as I understand the science, deuterium, because it is what it is, um, it once you have deuterium, <laughs> you have maybe five to ten minutes. Excuse me. Once you have protium, which is the mm -hmm. the the light the light side of the heavy water, mm -hmm. um, protium is like it's fleeting and it's it, super volatile. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's so small that it will mm -hmm. move through any canister. How, yes. how do these companies, how, how are they able to contain it? They don't. So there's a difference between molecular hydrogen enriched water, which has excess protium versus deuterium depleted water, which has less deuterium. Mm -hmm. So these are deuterium depleted waters that you have on the screen here. Mm -hmm. It just means that the, that the water. Okay. So basically when you have molecular hydrogen enriched water, you've suffused that water with gaseous molecular hydrogen. So it's not stabilized with the oxygen in the way H2O is stabilized together so that it stays liquid, right? Mm -hmm. You can, There are ways to stabilize protium in water so that it lasts a little bit longer, but it's always going to be somewhat volatile, right? Mm -hmm. That's why you have to keep molecular hydrogen enriched water in, in specific, um, like there's some, some metallic bottles that are made very specifically for that. And they'll even leak out of the little plastic cap right. on the side of the plastic, of the metal, metallic bottles. And they'll leak out of the metal eventually as well. It, it just keeps it stable a little bit longer. So generally when I recommend um, hydrogen enriched water for people, I recommend something like the Spring Aqua or the Lord's Hydrofix. So you can make it right there and drink it right away. But with deuterium depleted water, you're not suffusing the water with any gases. You're just changing the isotopic composition of the hydrogen that's already stabilized with the oxygen in the H2O molecules. So it's it's stabilized there. It's not the gaseous form, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. That makes total sense to me. Where is the spring aqua on your site? If you go to spring filters, water tools. Filters. filters, and then... You can either go to under sink filters or you can go to where it says my favorite filter at the bottom of the list under filters. Nice. Let me share yeah, this with everyone. That one is the best. So the reason why I recommend this so strongly to people, this is what I personally use. And if anybody is familiar with Tulum, we have off. Awful. It's a lot like South Florida, actually. It's, you know, the aquifers are all connected. There's a lot of toxic gunk being dumped in the aquifers. It's really sad. Um, but basically since 20, gosh, I don't know, for many years now, I've been teaching the process of filter structure, balance, and energize as a way to take any water and bring it back to spring quality state. So whether you're starting with tap water, bottled water, whatever, there are different ways of doing each of these steps, many different tools, many different methods for each of the steps, but the steps are always the same filter structure, balance, and energize. This is the only tool that I've ever found. And I just discovered them like a year and a half ago. Um, that does all of those steps and does them to really, really high quality standards. So it filters, it gets out uh, microplastics, it gets out the, the pharmaceutical residues that are hard to get out. Um, it structures the water. It remineralizes the water with about 27 different minerals. Um, it's um, it, uh, energizes the water. And best of all, it suffuses the water with really high therapeutic doses, um, about 1.7 parts per million of stabilized molecular hydrogen. 
So again, it's not completely stabilized because it can't be, but it is incredibly well stabilized because you don't see the larger bubbles on there. So it's really suffused into the water mm-hmm. and you can keep it for hours and it'll still can, can um, it, it won't deplete its. So it's, it's true nano bubbles because I've seen so many products yeah. out there. They're like nano. I'm like, if it was nano, you couldn't see it. That- Exactly. That's another one of the things that drives me crazy about Kangen. They show these very bubbly bottles of water and they're like, look, look how much hydrogen, look how stabilized. I'm like, girl, you've got five minutes to drink that before all of that <laughs> hydrogen disappears. That is not nanobubbles. Right. But with the, what I really like about the spring aqua is that it doesn't use electrolysis to create the molecular hydrogen. It Do you know what the mechanism a, is? Method. I'm really. Yeah. Like- so magnesium, a, a specific kind of magnesium. Um, and it works really well and and it basically mirrors, it mimics the G the geology at the Lord's spring in Lord's France. So that's some of the most healing miracle water in the entire world. And they recreated the geology of that spring. So this isn't a machine. You don't have to plug it in. It's great as like a bug out kind of thing as well. Cause if you lose power, you'll still have water. Um, it's not, yeah, it doesn't use any electricity. It's basically like, you know a little mini ecosystem kind of. And this is a whole house system. Like you can go ahead and, and connect this. No, no, it's it's just under sink. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one is under sink. And then they have another one called the wet three, which is for like dormitories and camper vans and things like that. More portable. Okay. Yeah. Because I have so many clients that they want a whole house system. And yeah. I'm like, eh, you, water is a beautiful woman. You have to pay more mm-hmm. attention to it than that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like for the whole house systems. So can I tell you the experiment I'm running at my place? Yeah, please. I, and I, then I'll show you my favorite whole home system on here. Okay. So I have, uh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. It was the top rated whole home system for well systems. I have an artesian spring slash well that has, oh, it has more pressure. I have, I have like two to four gallons per minute extra of water coming out of it. So it's an artesian spring slash well. The water is delicious as it is. Mm -hmm. The only problem is in my house, it was built in 67 and they used galvanized pipe for Mm -hmm. all the plumbing. So the water going through galvanized pipe is like horrific. So mm-hmm. I'm retrofitting that. I'm, I'm pulling all that out. And so the filter that I'm sending everything through, it has it, what I, the way I'm modifying it, it has a UV filter on it that I'm changing for far infrared. Because mm-hmm. the far infrared is very close to my heart because I've built Temescals. Mm-hmm. And I know the, just for those of you out there, like whenever you heat red brick or you heat clay, the far infrared that it releases structures the water in your body. <laughs> the water loves that far infrared. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, yay, it, get, it, it turns into easy water in the body, which is more akin to what I would call a superconductor. So I have that on the back side of the filtration system. And then I replaced the paper filter on the front side. I took an alpaca sock and <laughs> alpaca wool. I had sent you the question about silk, the, the mm-hmm. difference between silk, silk filters and alpaca. 
and I stuffed it with biochar. And biochar is pyrolyzed carbon. So it has an extremely high dye, diamagnetic charge to it. It's higher than bismuth. So the water goes through that, goes through the filters, then goes through the infrared, excuse me, far infrared lamp. And then as it's going into the manifold to distribute, I have a series of ring magnets that I forced all together and to create a phase conjugate magnet array, a la Dan Winter. Nice. <laughs> and that's that's my system for my my whole house system. Then, uh, because of your recommendation around December, I got the Mayu water swirl, and I love that. So I, when the water comes out of the sink, I go ahead and, and put it in the swirl, and I have the swirl on all the time. <laughs> I I don't care. Like I, I just I think it's so pretty to have that mm -hmm. that vortex going. So that's what that's what I'm using in my house at this moment. Beautiful. Can I make one additional suggestion to that setup? Please. So that is so lovely. Your water is, must be so happy and feel so cherished and feel so enlivened. And thank you so much for taking care of your precious water. In oh, that way. I have to. I love it so much. Yes. I think she might also really enjoy full spectrum light. So the Analemma that we were talking about before, mm -hmm. they have this portable version, the Analemma wand that I was mm -hmm. mentioning, but they also recently just came out with a whole home version that you can actually put on your pipes. Oh, great. And it will actually expose your pipes to the full mm -hmm. spectrum of water. So the way that they make this is actually a, a really beautiful alchemical process. So they basically mature two kinds of water for an entire year, over the course of an entire year, they mature a more masculine, more radiative water and a more feminine, more receptive water. And both of these waters are exposed to all of the cycles of the sun and the moon and the stars and the seasons, because of course, water reacts very differently in the summer than it does in the winter, et cetera. Um, and so they mature this water for an entire year and then they alchemically merge them together and then they keep it in this this quartz crystal um, uh, casing that helps it to maintain its structure, and um, and basically through epitaxy and transference, it's able to then give the that full spectrum of of light signatures What's to whatever epitaxy? water comes into contact with it. Epitaxy is just the the principle by which anything that is highly coherent will bring more structure symmetry and coherence into anything chaotic that might be in its field. That's beautiful. Yeah. And so, oh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So the, what's really beautiful about this is they have some of the most stabilized structure of any water structuring method. So they've shown that even in the presence of like being right next to a Wi-Fi router, for example, that water will actually be able to keep its structure for an incredibly long time. In fact, the studies that I was um, mentioning before where the analemma water or water that had been stirred with an analemma wand was able to renew the um, microbiome of soil, that was water that had been sitting stagnant for three months 
after it had been stirred with the analemma. It wasn't even stirred and then it was put right on the plants. It had been sitting stagnant for three months afterwards. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very stabilized. And it was just within the past few months that they came out with that whole home one as well. So that would be on the website if you go to the Energize tab under Energize. It should be under there. So Energize vessels tensor ring water wands perfect um what's the whole house system what's your favorite whole house system well i have a few and it really depends on the person and what kind of water they're starting with but i'll show you my two favorites um i'm gonna share if you this. go to I never recommend doing a whole house filter without also doing a whole house structure. So the only ones I have on there are a combination of both. Some of them also have remineralization as well. So the one all the way over there on the left, the HD 24 whole home is amazing. That's by natural action. I really love those guys. Oh, good. And then the one right next to it, um, where it says well water mm -hmm. that is by Greenfield. I really love those guys as well. And both of them, the natural action and the greenfield uh, whole home systems will filter and structure. And what's beautiful is they'll look at a sample of your water and they will, um, <clears throat> they'll be able to test it and analyze it, or you can send them a test that you've already had done and they'll customize a bespoke filter specifically for you. So you're not paying for anything that you don't need. If you don't need um, arsenic removal, then you won't have a filter that you're paying extra for arsenic removal, for example. So both of those are really great systems. So you'll, you'll love this, Jen or Isabel. I am building a new home. The whole home is going to be an orgone accumulator. It's going to mm -hmm. look like a, a wedding cake. The bottom, the first story will have three bedrooms and a really nice bathroom where all the gray water filters through a biochar filter that goes into the greenhouse. The second story will be the great room with a 360 veranda, and that veranda mm -hmm. will give us access to a two-story greenhouse. Mm -hmm. And the way I'm building it is the whole thing uh, will come to a center point. I'll be able to make the, the round walls on the lower story are within earth bags. So it's essentially a big earthen battery. <laughs> mm. And that will give me the negative impulse to the orgone accumulator. And then my roof is a reciprocal roof. And the reciprocal roof is a spiral. And I will bring the positive down from that. And that will go to the cathode and the anode of my mojo cell which will be dead center of the house. And that will, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what that the, sounds amazing. We'll see what Good the energy sleeping is. in there. <laughs> no, 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 that room is, that room will be for deep. Uh, there will be no light in that room. Hmm. So you can turn a light on, but that room is essentially like a, it's like a, it will be a very, let's just say a very unique closet, <laughs> okay. but the, the room itself um, is a perfect cube. And within the perfect cube, it will have this perfect sphere within a sphere, within mm -hmm. a sphere, within a sphere. So, and then I'm doing all the walls as orgone accumulating walls. So I'll be Amazing. doing the felt with the mesh, with the organic layer, felt mesh, organic layer. And I'll do the seven times seven, the whole thing. And so 
We'll see. That it might be so epic. That's going to be incredible. Can I come to a dark room retreat in your room? That's exactly <laughs> it. Like you, you read my mind. Like I, I, cause the best meditations I've ever had, the most inspiration was in caves. Mm -hmm. And so this will be an above ground cave. And when you build with earth bags, my walls are essentially two feet thick. So you essentially have an above ground cave. And, um, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to putting in the, with the system, I'm actually tapping a new well at the top of my property. I, I've already divined the property and found where the water is. The, the area that I live in is a big bowl and the bowl is giving all this water to the lake and the lake is a spring fed lake. It's a, it's a, a three, three cold water artesian springs that feed the lake year round. So the water never, like, if you go down one meter in the water, it's never above, I think, 58 degrees because of the cold water. So it's like beautiful. This whole area just has tons and tons of water. And so the system I'm going to set up is, is I'm going to set up a holding tank at the highest point of my property. And I'm going to, it's going to be a well, and that water is going to go to hopefully one of these systems um the i would only really thing i would add to to that system would be the lord's hydrofix because because that whereas the spring aqua does all of it and suffuses molecular hydrogen those systems will filter structure ener energize you can also get an additional remineralizer to balance them but then the lord's hydrofix is what's going to really give you that extra life force energy, like take the water from just being, you know, medicinal to being like highly therapeutic living waters of life. Super, super. Where's the Lord's um, Hydrofix? That would be under the balance hydrogen tab. Ah, there we go. <clears throat> God, this is your site is just awesome. Thank you. I'm so glad you enjoy it. No, because you. It's good to you, get that feedback. You don't understand. I've, I've, I have so many people asking me because I'm like the water nerd to them. But it's so much better to have like a true water nymph that has everything already sussed out. I can just send them to you. Okay. Yeah. Well, there was definitely a a blank space in the market for a site like this because yeah, there's Dude, this there is a, this no is real an answer, directory. This is an answer to my prayers. It really is. Awesome. Wow. So this thing it, this thing is crazy. That thing is amazing. So it is the only hydrogen generator. Literally, the Spring Aqua and this are the only hydrogen generators that I recommend. And I looked at everything on the market. I did so many months of recon before settling on this one, and it's for you know more reasons than I can than I can list here. But suffice it to say, it's really just the highest quality. You know, they use medical grade metals in there. So one of the biggest problems with a lot of the hydrogen generators is that they will leach uh, heavy metals into the water because they're not made with, with really good quality metal. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, so this doesn't directly electrolyze your drinking water. It electrolyzes a separate chamber of water and then channels that gas into the drinking water because you don't want to directly electrolyze your drinking water. That's no. going to destroy the structure, right? Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. Um, 
I've had George Weissman on, I've had Ben Tometa on where they have their, their Brown's gas generators and, and hydrogen electrolyzers. And I, I know you, you've, you've expressed yourself when it comes to the Kagan. And I have to say, I've been, I've been exposed to Kagan for a long time. I've never drank the water and liked it ever. Yeah. And people would change the pH. And then there was a whole pH scam with water. Like, oh, you want the pH to be this or that. I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. That doesn't, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so could you go a little bit deeper of why you don't want to electrocute the water? Yeah, for sure. So when, it, when we're talking about water's crystallinity, again, it all comes down to those hydrogen bonds. How well can those hydrogens snuggle up and talk to each other? So there are different kinds of hydrogen bonds. You've got um, electrostatic bonds and van der Waals bonds and all, all kinds of other bonds. And I like to think of those as like the differences between different kinds of relationships in a community, mm -hmm. right? The, the molecular matrix, that beautiful crystallinity, that incredibly artistic expression of symmetry is, is the culture that that water is forming. Different cultures allow the expression and the channeling of different vibrations of energy. What is a culture made of? It's made of different kinds of relationships. You want those relationships to be strong so that the hydrogen can communicate energy, vibration, frequency, and information. And that's what makes it a conduit of energy, right? What makes it a conductor? That and the presence of salts and minerals. And what happens with electrolysis is you're literally bursting those bonds apart by channeling a lot of electrical energy into the water, just straight up DC current. It is electrocution, bar none. And so you, you separate the OH from the H. Now, the good thing about that is you have that separated H, you have that separated hydrogen. So you are getting more available hydrogen in the water. And that's why some people in the short term have healing benefits from drinking Kangen water. And that's why it's kind of caught on mostly because of the, the marketing around all of it, but also because some people do have legitimate healing experiences in the short term, but in the long term, that water is highly traumatized. It has no structure. It's like saying, you know, I, I consider to be hydrogen. I consider hydrogen to be the spirit of water. Yes, you can free your spirit by sitting in an electric chair, but that's probably not how you want to become more spirited, right? So there are better ways of, of generating hydrogen, like the Lord's Hydrofix or like the, the Spring Aqua or ways such as that. But um, the electrocution that happens with electrolysis in the long term has been associated with things like necrosis and complications in the heart muscle in rats. So the reason why they do, why they use rats for these particular studies is because it's only, it's easier to look at the long-term health effects of something when you're looking at an animal that has a short lifespan, mm -hmm. right? But even though there haven't been a long-term health studies done on the effects of alkaline ionized water, I've spoken to numerous um, 
people who, who clinicians who work with people one-on-one and they say they can always see the biomarkers of people who have been drinking Kong and water in the long term. Um, if you're looking at um, dark field microscopy of live, live blood cell analysis, you see a preponderance of ruptured cells in those people. Um, all, oftentimes there's bloating, there's in uh, digestive issues. A lot of times there is um, ulcers because there's a preponderance of H. pylori in the gut. You know, your gut needs needs to be very acidic. It naturally needs to stay very acidic for you to be healthy. Like each, Mm -hmm. each hydrological cycle within your body has its own specific pH and your body is incredibly intelligent at knowing how to maintain that pH. Your liver releases the proper buffers at the proper times to be able to mitigate. So when you artificially try to alter your pH, that throws everything really out of balance, but the body is smart. It has to maintain those, those, same level. So it will work even harder to maintain those levels when you're drinking really, really high pH water. Like, you know, your blood needs to stay neutral. There's all this hype around, oh, alkalize your blood. Do not alkalize your blood. That is a dangerous disease. That's uh, like acidosis is dangerous. Yeah. Alkalosis is also very dangerous. Mm-hmm. You need you're like your blood is right around seven. If you have blood type O, it's even just a little bit below seven sometimes, just slightly more acidic. But the whole the whole scam around pH affecting your health is is nonsense because if that were true, then you would get the exact same health benefits from just putting some uh, baking soda into water as you would get from drinking the Kangen water. But around two thousand seven. Dr. Hidemitsu Hayashi, who is the president of the Korean Water Society, he had devoted quite a lot of his career up to that point to doing all of these studies that showed the short-term benefits of drinking alkaline ionized water. Well, around 2000, and, and a lot of the Kongan representatives, they still quote him and quote his studies that he was doing up to that point, like, oh, look at the amazing health benefits that it has for XYZ. In 07, he recognized that all of those benefits were coming from the hydrogen, not from the pH, not from the ORP. And so he literally changed his entire career from studying alkaline ionized water to only studying molecular hydrogen in rich water instead. So what I would say for the for the Kongan folks is just, first of all, ex- broaden your research beyond just company dogma and company narratives and what your upline told you. Um, there's a lot of good water science out there and uh, look for long-term human studies and yeah, that hydrogen is magical, but we don't want to harm our water in order to get it. I will say the way I looked into how their machines are built and the fact that they do use platinum plates, I think has a lot, it has a secondary benefit that people haven't talked about because platinum, the the one precious metal that we're the most depleted of is platinum. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the effects of precious metals on our, on our gene expression is considerable. Mm-hmm. And so I think maybe they knew that I don't know if they knew that, but the fact that they do use metal uh, platinum plates to electrolyze, or at least mm-hmm. platinum plated plates, <laughs> mm-hmm. the I think that does impart you know a little signature of platinum into the water that I think the bodies respond very well to. But I'm mm-hmm. in complete concurrence with you about about the when you mess with pH, 
you, you have no idea your blood, your blood and your blood plasma have like a range that's this big yeah. of the plasma of, of the pH that it needs to be at to, for you to be op, like healthy. <laughs> and it doesn't, if it wavers just a little bit, you're gone. So mm-hmm. you, pe- people have to be very, very careful about that. I am really interested about this Analima uh, wand because you're like the third or fourth person that's brought it to my consciousness. And back in the past, what we did, we would just take a copper pipe and bend it at that angle that Schauberger talked about, Mm -hmm. that very specific angle and to Mm -hmm. to vortex our water. And also uh, I was at a biodynamic farm where we would essentially spiralize our our i guess you what will you call it our concoction for yeah, the preparation for for exactly and and you we, hum up going counterclockwise yes, and hum down going clockwise exactly. i love the biodynamics it, it do all that and then it's really neat i was explaining to a friend here in the ozarks i was like yeah, if you want to broadcast the radionic signal of whatever prep you're making, you put it in a bull's horn. Mm-hmm. And they were like, what are you talking about? And I was like, yeah, the spiral flow form of that of that horn. And then all the microcavules uh, that make up the calcium hydrogen bonds within that form, that's like the best broadcaster for bioenergetic bioenergetics for radionic signature. And if you just put one little uh, tap of water into that of like, let's say uh, some of the, the different uh, waters that you're speaking about after it's been cleaned and structured, or even if you had a really beautiful spring, or even just praying over the water and being with the water and just, you know, having your heart structure it. Cause I always find for me, I'm always holy. Like when I, if, if I'm ever like praying with my water, I always have it right next to my heart. You know, it's just, it's just the natural place to hold it. But if you put that, then you're actually in a way what was that term that you used where you have a coherent substance that coheres everything? Apotaxy. You're creating an apotaxy through the whole field. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing tech. So if, yeah. if you could go into a little bit more and explain to people with the analema wand, this apotaxy that's going on and the in mm-hmm. the and why the the just by stirring like people, even if they don't drink water and they're just stirring the cream in their coffee every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just the most efficient way to make a homogeneous like solution. It's there's a thing in us that's always wanting to be a whirling dervish. Like what mm-hmm. what what is that? Yeah, well, if you think about it, water in nature is always moving, right? So all of these steps, everything we do to water is just to try to mimic what nature naturally does. And even in bodies of water that are seemingly still like a lake, there are always little micro currents Mm -hmm. and variations in temperature and pressure gradients. And the water is always channeling and flowing or evaporating and condensing in some way. Water is never stagnant in nature. 
The only time water becomes stagnant is when she comes into the imprisonment of humans, right? Then we stuff her away in, in bottles and make her sit still, or we put her in, you know, municipal tap water towers or something like that. But that is antithetical to the nature of water. The nature of water is movement. Water is always weaving everything together in the dance of life at all layers from the micro to the macro. So within our bodies, for example, you know, the water doesn't just flow through your veins, it spirals through your veins. Mm. You have spiral striations on the inside of your veins that make sure make sure that the blood is vortexing through the veins. Your, your spinal column, you know, in German, the word for spinal column is spiral column. The word for vertebrae is vortices because each vertebrae acts like a, a vortex to help mm. the, the cerebral spinal fluid spiral up and down your spine. Um, you know, your heart isn't a muscle that pumps blood in the way that we once thought. If you were to actually take Take the muscle of the heart and unfold it. Mm -hmm. It's a long, it's one long piece of muscle, one long organ that's just spiraled in and in and in on itself. Mm -hmm. And it generates this, this electrical pulse that then vortexes the water vortexes the blood. Um, even if you, you know, next time you go pee, look down at your urethra, even your urine comes out in a spiral. Mm -hmm. Water loves to spiral. She's happiest and she's most alive when she's spiraling. And typically it's best if you can spiral the water in both directions. So if you only spiral in one direction, it does create a little bit of an imbalance, but it's still absolutely better than not spiraling at all. That's why I really love flow forms as um, mm -hmm. a method of structuring, because it does create omnidirectional spin within the flow forms. Um, but yeah, anytime you can bring more movement back to your water, it's, it's the same thing that happens <clears throat> when you're on a dance floor with all your friends, right? When you're moving together, you bond together. There's almost no more bonding experience than like going out and working out together, like having a, a tough workout together, mm -hmm. building something in the hot sunshine together, and you're working together, or you're dancing together on a dance floor, or you're on a team, you're playing sports and you're like, you're part of that team energy because there's this bonding that happens when we're all moving together. That's because we are just large drops of water. The same thing happens to water when you're, when you're vortexing it, all of the molecules bond together. You start to get those relationships between those wise and intelligent little hydrogen atoms. They start to form together. They start to harmonize together and they start to create that coherence and that, that, um, that synergy. Mm-hmm. So this is so cool. I'm going to bring this experiment up to you because I know you'll get it. So have you ever seen a Lord Kelvin static generator? Oh, yeah, but it's been a while. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. You're tickling some old neurons there. I think John Butts was sending me that a while ago to look at. Remind me. Okay. So... Lord Kelvin, he was like, oh, lightning. Lightning occurs when you have one pressure differential hitting another pressure differential. You, there's usually a difference in temperature that's creating the pressure differential. And hmm, what's causing? He noticed that he would feel the static rise right before the lightning would strike. So what he did was he set up an experiment where he had two nozzles that would drip water. And it was known in the 1850s, 1860s, that a water drop was essentially a, a dynamo because it's a dipolar molecule, meaning it has both positive and negative. So when it drops, it spins. 
Well, every generator in the world, that's what uh, every generator in the world is. It's a spinning dipole. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to control this. But what I'm going to do is as I drop the water, as it comes down, I'm going to put it through two cylinders that are conductive so that they pick up the charge. But then I'm going to cross, I'm going to come across and create an X. So now if this goes through a positively charged cup, that positively charged cup is now going to go in the positive water on the other side because the water has intelligence. So it will naturally split the charge from one side to the other. But then he tricked it by creating an X. So now the positive is falling towards a positive and a negative is falling towards a negative and it doesn't like that. There's resistance in the circuit. And so the water through static charge will build and build and build and then the water will start to levitate. Nice. And it's because the water is like, no, I can't. <laughs> I'm charged. I have a, I have a opposite charge. I'm not, I'm mm -hmm. not going there. Yeah. It's like magnets repelling. Yeah. Excuse me. He was sending it to the same charge. So that's what was occurring. And there was resistance with the same charge. And so what you can do with that is the, with the conductor is you can have the potential discharge and that's voltage. So when you see a lightning bolt, you know, strike, it's coming up from the ground and down from the ground. And it's the potential difference in the charge. It's the charge differential created by this massive fluid. And I'm always trying to teach people, especially as a builder, like I'm like, depending on how humid your client, your climate is, you're not building a house, you're building a submarine, <laughs> especially when I'm building for people in Costa Rica, like you're literally building in a hundred percent humidity. Like you have to think of this totally different. So you have this charge potential of the water and that charge has to go somewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was talking to Weissman and I was like, you know what I want to do is I want to make some new water and mm -hmm. then run the new water. Cause you, do you know the whole concept of new water? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like primary water. Well, th the claim is like, so this is a, a, a another alchemical secret is like, uh, I forget which, which scientist you were speaking about that said that the sun is water. Dr. It's, hy it, it's hydrogen. Well, there's plasma torches now that run off Brown's gas. Mm -hmm. And so when you have Brown's gas that creates a plasma torch, one of the byproducts of the torch is water. Mm -hmm. And George Weissman is saying that that's new water. And some orgone accumulators that I've run, you'll end up with more volumetric water than what you put into the system. So that it's like, sense. so how I think water itself is just a condensification. Of, I mean, everything is a condensification of etheric energy, but I think water itself is like the primary condensification of etheric energy. It's like- Perfect. It's like um, my friend says that uh, that water, physical water is the feminine and the ether is the masculine and they're never without each other, right? But they mm -hmm. can be more or less connected, but they're both the same. And the way I think of it is like water, the physical form of water is the body and ether is the mind and hydrogen is the spirit, mm -hmm. right? 
So the mind of water can't be separated from the body of water. So of course, when you densify one, you're going to get more of the other. So my whole thing is I've, I'm, I totally tell people to stay away from Pelton wheels. Don't fracture the water. Mm-hmm. There's a better way to create electricity. Mm-hmm. The way you cr- create electricity is you essentially make one of these Lord Kelvin static generators and you just pulse the, the voltage that's coming off that through resistance. And if you're using a high enough quality water, like you said, it's already linked to the ether. Mm-hmm. It's already attached to the ether. Mm-hmm. And so you would have a quote unquote over unity system because all that's occurring is you're using the motion of these dipolar to oversimplify it, these dipolar drops, and that's your dynamo. That's what's acting as your generator. And then the entire time it's within a larger vessel that's an organ accumulator that the entire time is massaging the water. Mm. So you're just loving the water and it's following Mm -hmm. through this beautiful mechanism. You're not forcing it. There's no pressure. I I really think there's something in it. I've had this. There's definitely something in it. Water absolutely has the capacity to regenerate itself and to generate electricity. It just, it comes from that. It comes from that love, you know, like, I mean, Schauberger witnessed it happen right in nature. He went out into this, this primary forest and he saw brand new water being born in the forest right there. Mm -hmm. Just, just suddenly and spontaneously. And then there are those who say that, you know, at the, at the head of a spring, you have all of the, um, the hydrogen coming up from under the aquifer, coming up in a vortex drawn up. And then you have all of this ozone coming down from the atmosphere, drawn down in a, in a vortex of the opposite direction. And so when that, those two toroidal, you know, vortexes meet in the center of the torus, then it spontaneously generates new water right there. And of course we know that there's a lot of electrical energy. There's a lot of ionization in the air in those areas. So I think there's really something to what you're saying about new water potentially having this, this much, um, much closer relationship to, to the etheric field and to be able to tap into that source point energy. Cause that's where it just came from. Like it just came from there. Yes. And I think there's in general, we have not even begun to begin to scratch the surface of what's possible when we're talking about water plasma, water plasma. I think, I don't even know many people who are, who are like really studying it and really looking into it very deeply. Um, but we need full labs dedicated to this because what they're finding is that water plasma has the capacity to turn anything back into water, you know? So water is our, water is our origin. Water is our, our, you know, mother of the mother of everything. Everything comes from water originally, but what if water is not only the source, but also the destiny? What if water is also the fate? Not only everything comes from water, but everything also resolves back into water again. And that's the only thing that really makes sense in a universe that is so fluidic and watery in nature. Mm -hmm. And so how do we, um, how do we speed that process in the case of things like radioactive material or pollution or, you know, all of the toxic crap that's been dumped all over the planet. Well, apparently through certain applications of water plasma, you can turn anything back into water. You can even completely neutralize nuclear radiation. Mm -hmm. We can turn this planet back into an Eden again, and water contains solutions for that. I think that was like, of course she has the solution. (laughs) I think that's the origin of all the flood myths. 
Mm. You know, the like, depending on what culture you look at, the flood myth was essentially a cleansing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the best way of putting it. It was just like, okay, cleanse. Time for a bath, time for a baptism. <laughs> I really yeah. love the theory that says that, you know, the Milky Way, uh, that you can see in the sky, that that's really just the the hole or the the rent that was torn into the firmament. Right. In the glass above, that it was just kind of ripped open and then the waters above came flooding in. I love that. And I was rereading the whole thing about the flood and it was actually also water spring forth. Mm, so you're talking, it wasn't just that it was falling. It was mm. like there was an upwelling. There was a spring like from the ground springing forth it was coming in both directions so that to me makes total sense that, that okay you've hit a certain frequency range time to cleanse you know you know i've actually I haven't i've never shared this before but and it's just a it's just an idea but i think you'll i'm curious to hear your perspective on it because of course one of the primary roles of water is as the frequency conductor of everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of why the collective consciousness of humanity is stored in our collective waters. You know, there are a lot of indigenous cultures who talk about that. What we do to the waters, we do to ourselves because the new sphere, which is, you know, etheric in nature actually has a physical mirror, a physical manifestation and all of the, the waterways and the water bodies on the planet. And so that's why when, you know, the more we pollute the waterways, the more we see that human consciousness is polluted. Schauberger talked about this. He said, based on what we're doing to water now, within a hundred years, people will be dumber and have far less emotional intelligence and capacity. And that's all vibrational. The vibration that the water is holding is getting more dense. It's getting more deuterium rich. It just cannot um, open the same portals of consciousness through the hydrogen, if it's deuterium, like all of these things. So one of my theories around the um, Mandela effect mm -hmm. is that if water is indeed the holographic matrix of reality, and water is currently experiencing things that vibrationally it has never experienced before, all of the 5G that's constantly being pumped through it, all of the um, fiber optic cables under the ocean that carry, you know, just an incredible amount of EMF and, and electricity and information. I mean, everywhere, everywhere you look, you, there's, you know, uh, satellite dishes on the, on the water towers, just water everywhere around the world is getting exposed to a lot of, of crazy stuff. In fact, Dolph Zantica is, is doing some studies right now on the effects of um, uh, 5G and satellite uh, information being beamed through the clouds and how the clouds then spread that matrix of vibrational energy and they act like a like a, a resonator of that energy over the whole microclimate in that in that region and some of the the findings on on the effects of that are are really harrowing but we can see certainly that reality is shifting i don't know if you've looked into the mandela effect very I much have. i looked into it many many years ago and i was like oh that's interesting but then i looked into it again recently and i was like oh my god there are so many new ones like there's there are new mandela effects all the time definitely you know there's they they just continuously happen yeah. it's not like reality shifted once and now we have a different version of the monopoly man it's like no reality is getting 
wonkier and wonkier. And perhaps since water can, is the matrix of reality through which everything is projected, if it's vibrating at wonky frequencies, then reality would be getting wonkier. Definitely. I, I would a hundred percent concur with that. And I've had the same internal musings about what would actually create the, the mandala effect, because I've seen, I have things in my life that I know certain, like nobody there's, I don't need external, uh, any external authority to tell me what I know is true. Mm-hmm about my own life. And I've shared this on other podcasts and it's different now. Like it's just different. The, mm-hmm. the collective expression of that is different. And that would make sense. Like if you have, let's just say deuterium wreaking havoc on the mitochondrial aspect of your, 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 your energy production and therefore your information mm-hmm. uptake if that's happening, you know, as above, so below and vice versa, of course, like there, there could be like a looking into alternate dimensions of, of lesser than. <laughs> yeah. Well, deuterium is literally dense water. It's heavy water. It's, right. it's heavy consciousness. Water is the glove on the hand of consciousness. What happens when you, when you, create heavy dense water well if you look at the at the the particle physics of deuterium it's you know protium hydrogen that pure life force energy what dr albert saint georgie called the fuel of life which literally powers the entire universe that is is energy itself like you were saying before it is the the first densification into matter of light energy itself mm-hmm. But if you take that proton and you stick an extra neutron on there, then whenever that electron dances away, it can't open the black hole that we were talking about before, where the proton opens a black hole in protium hydrogen. It does does not have the the um it doesn't have the the geometry to be able to do that. And so mm. it's dense. It's not communicating with pure consciousness. It doesn't have that, that same doorway to the divine. And of course it would densify our consciousness as well. It also would have very different geometry in terms of what we were talking about with um, Dan Winter and um, you know, the radii of hydrogen being Planck length times golden ratio, you know, the nucleus would no longer have that, um, would no longer have that geometry if it's deuterium hydrogen. So then it's not able to embed within the fractal array of consciousness because basically the hydrogen acts like a like a key that like embeds itself geometrically, spatially, and vibrationally into this this fractal array of, of divine consciousness that has these beautiful symmetries all throughout the cosmos. But deuterium hydrogen isn't able to do that. So so not only is it different vibrationally, but like, if you look at most of the estimates of the ratios of deuterium on the planet, of course, it's been growing a lot since the industrial revolution for the past, you know, couple hundred years or so since the industrial revolution, it's really taken off. But even before that, it was really increasing since about, I forget what it was, a couple thousand years ago, something like that right around the same time that Kali Yuga began. Mm. Kali Yuga, of course, is the time of the densification of consciousness. Yes. 
So if we are naturally going to go through a phase where consciousness densifies, water would have to be the mediator of, of that shift. So maybe it has been deuterating itself on a more natural timescale in addition to the more artificial timescale of humans increasing the deuterium levels as well. When do you think we start to come out of the 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 Kali Yuga? And because this this podcast more than anything is a cosmology podcast. <laughs> I always like to get to people's, you know, I, I look at a person's cosmology as being a reflection of their essence. And I always like to know I only have people that I really respect on. And so I I pr- I kind of think we're in the Iron Age, which is the Kali Yuga. Like it's mm-hmm. it's very obvious to me, especially being a student of architecture and knowing the buildings that used to be built yeah. and how they were. There was obviously water on the brain, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. now the buildings today that are that are being built of any grand stature, they're just these essentially obelisks you know, very Saturnian male, like male dominant minded, you know, spears to the sky type thing. Mm -hmm. So I, and it's just obvious, just in my short life, I've seen, I see glimpses of intelligence. I see outliers of, of, you know, brilliance, but my, like I was telling this story to my assistant yesterday, my dad's high school picture at Stranahan High School as a senior, every single one of them, like 400 men in his graduating class could have been Abercrombie Fitch models. <laughs> like Fort Lauderdale in the 60s was like where they filmed all these beach movies because they didn't need to hire any models. <laughs> You go to Fort Lauderdale Beach now, you know, 60 years later, and it's literally like a wasteland of bodies. Yeah. Like the, and, and the people 60 years ago, they weren't trying to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, there wasn't an epidemic of, of whatever they were, they were, they, they still had their sandwiches sprayed with DDT they still had all these things, but like the genetic expression was so much higher from a physical perspective because the environment was much more conducive to that. And just in a 60 year period of time, it's not that way anymore. You have pockets and the pockets burn bright. Like I won't take anything away. Like the, the people that I meet that inspire me are incredible. But I'm of the mind that the overall trend is one of densification and one of like we haven't seen the de- the full the full arc of the downswing. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think you might be right about that. <laughs> I hope you're I hope you're very wrong about that, but I think well, no matter what, it will always be better than we fear and worse than we hope. Absolutely. Like I, I know enough people in my life that have many more years and, and I've read it over and over and over again. Everybody has this masochistic projection that their generation is the last. Mm-hmm. 
that's why it's the easiest thing to to sell people on the end of the world like if Mm -hmm. you want a good business plan say it's the end of the world Mm -hmm. because there's an internal aspect to our spirit self that's like i don't like being physical (laughs) i want to be out of here and you know it's so it's great to play to that fear cycle and i'm not saying that i'm just saying like it just makes sense because nature is cyclical we're talking about the rotation of water moving water through a flow form you're talking about there's a light and a dark there is a yin and a yang there's a male and a female like you go through these these waves and you can't have a constant growing economy like that's in nature you never have an infinite growth cycle and so you could have a circular economy. You could have different kinds of economy that are not capitalistic and based on the growth Precisely. imperative of, you know, a cancer growth or, or something like that. I mean, capitalism is basically just the ideology of a cancer cell in essence, but you could have a, an economy that is regenerative, that does, that naturally grows because it's naturally, you know, producing more decentralized abundance but no you're right you can't just have infinite growth forever in in the way that we're currently doing it where you take from the bottom to give to the top right so it the 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 yuga system the yuga model makes sense to me i think so too and i and it also makes a lot of sense to me you know what schauberger talked about in terms of if you want to see what humanity's fate is in the near future, look at the way that it's treating water. And I so love the fact wanted... that he said that to Hitler. <laughs> he, he said that directly to Hitler. He was just like. <laughs> that guy had balls. He really did. He did not put up with anybody's <laughs> shit. After, I think after his younger years, when he kind of got played by the, uh, by the foresters, he was yes. just like so jaded on humanity. <laughs> and also frustrated. Like I've been around frustrated, brilliant inventors and you're like, they're explaining their thing and nobody's getting them. And it, it's it's just like, oh, it has to be so frustrating to not be able to speak the same language, to not have the, like, to not be able to connect with people. I have a few friends who are just absolutely brilliant, like crazy brilliant and yeah, they, they kind of have a similar issue where it's like, it's just isolated. It's just kind of an isolating lifestyle. But, I, but you know, if you look back over history and you look back at different cultures, you can really see what Schauberger said played out over and over again. You look at, you know, the way that a culture treats water, um, you know, during its, you know, for example, the way that the indigenous cultures, almost every indigenous culture had had ways of, of structuring their water naturally, or where they were always, you know, getting uh, from springs and they had reverence for water and they did water ceremonies and water rituals. Well, for like 195,000 years of human history, we existed peacefully as hunter gatherer tribal societies. It's only like within the past 5,000 years or so that that started changing. When did it start changing? Well, Gebekli Tepe was the first time that they had large scale uh, agriculture in one place. So they actually had to start sequestering water for the first time. This was the first time that you had large scale like water um, 
sequestration, basically. They started taking it out of nature and and imprisoning it, basically. Um, you, you can look historically at, you know, like the downfall of the Roman Empire. They had these beautiful aqueducts and all of that kind of thing. Um, but the, you know, you can see that the along the timeline, I'm forgetting the exact details of it, but you can look at the way that they treated water in the in the timeline of the of the fall of the empire. You know, in the United States, water was never commodified until the 1980s. You know, until the 80s, it would have been unthinkable for us to pay more for water than we pay for gasoline. And yet that's what happens with bottled water all over the place. It would have been unthinkable for water to be traded like shares on the stock exchange at that mm -hmm. point in time, because it was just understood universally that water is a commons. But what happened when we started commodifying the source of life, then human life started becoming more commodified as well. Human beings started you know, being more, uh, you know, more commodified as, as um, items for sale and trade, mm -hmm. basically. What happened in 2020 was that uh, water futures ended up being traded for the first time ever. And I literally cried when I saw that happening, because I know what that means for the future of humanity. Like that, that is absolutely a signature of major downfall, because what that means is that people are, it's the same thing that happened with the housing market in 2008, right? People started betting on, on, they do these, what is it called when you short something, right? You bet on it to fail. Yes. So there are people making millions and millions of dollars betting on water to fail. There are people making millions and millions of dollars on the increasing scarcity of water because when it's commodified, then the people who have limited who have access to or the people who who own the limited clean water reserves become richer and richer the more scarce clean water is it's like the basic laws of supply and demand right as soon as you commodify water you put uh you put value on death mm -hmm. right it becomes more valuable when there is more of a more of a death culture more of a death economy more of a death uh, ecology in the watershed and I think that I think that's the greatest downfall of humanity right now. And if we want to shift the direction of consciousness and we want to improve and evolve consciousness on the planet, it has to start with the waters because they carry the vibrations that echo all throughout the planet. It, that couldn't be said better. We, we should end the podcast on that, Jen. All right, Isabel, I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> uh, um, I love your site. The message that you're bringing forth is so important and I'm going to send everybody that I can your way. Is there any other way that people can come to your work? Yeah. So I teach a lot of um, courses and webinars and that sort of thing at waterislife.academy. So I actually have three websites. Waterislife.shop is the shop, obviously. And then education is at waterislife.academy. Mm -hmm. And then just kind of my main central hub where you can find lists of different podcasts and different videos and stuff like that is at waterislife.love. I also have a YouTube channel. I'm pretty active on Instagram. That's at Jen Isabel Friend. Um, that's why people get confused and call me Jen because it's my first name that I go by my middle name just to confuse people. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram at Jen Isabel Friend. And also the shop has its own Instagram as well, which is at waterislife.shop. That's wonderful, Isabel. It's It's been great to be able to have two hours with you today. And uh, we'll probably post this this Friday. 
So I'll send you the I'll send you the file, and I look forward to future conversations because as as you can tell, I, I need a, a water nerd to nerd hard with. Yes, this has been so fun. It's so amazing to chat with somebody who like who gets it. So <laughs> thank you for this, and yeah, I definitely look forward to chatting more in the future. Wonderful. You have a you have an excellent week ahead of you. You too, love. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed the podcast with Isabel Friend. Um, please check out her site <laughs> just for your own edification. You could go through each different category, whether it's structuring, whether it's purification, hydration, all the different goodies on there is just amazing. I've only gotten about through half of it and uh, I'm using it as an education. Uh, we are going to be talking with one of the... Uh, one of the owners, I guess he's the sole owner of Live Action Water. That's that's on the docket. And uh, that's a company that I've been aware of their products for about 13 or 14 years now. So whenever you put any intention into cleaning your water, your life gets better and your mind gets clearer. Uh, you will have the capacity to access more information, better information higher vibe information if you take care of the waters in your in your being and in your being also i mean around around your family around your body all of it because it really is the lifeblood of you know this particular hologram as we talked about so we're we have some great guests coming on that we've been on a pretty good roll of these these wonderful guests Upcoming, I believe I'll post the Dr. Longo podcast uh, next. Got another coffee talk with my man Moshi, which should be a lot of fun. Um, now that the Domestead is is getting geared up here, um, jumping into a lot of different mechanisms and devices that uh, I had going in Costa Rica, but now they've been, I guess you could say, Americanified, North Americanified. Um, <laughs> it's just amazing what you can get here. I, uh, the the level of abundance in this country is absurd. So it's it's a lot of fun to to work with and be able to find uh, materials as easily as we have been. So we're gonna have a lot of different tutorials coming out soon. The one that everybody has been waiting for with the biochar. The rocket retorts. I have. I, I was able to pick up those uh, canisters this week, so that should be. That should be. It. We should be filming that next week, and then I'll probably put together a whole tutorial with it and uh, um, releasing that within a few weeks or so. So thank you for your patience with that. If you like the podcast, uh, you can support us at with the donations tab on uh, topherhq.com. I just started to realize a lot of you don't know my work on Instagram. Check out Instagram and subscribe because that's probably what I populate the most. You know, that was the easiest thing for me to populate back in the day when I was in Costa Rica. And uh, yeah, I like that. I like that uh, format. So I might even do my live streams on Instagram. 
I'm kind of reluctant because who knows <laughs> they might uh, boot me off and uh, I, I don't want I don't want that but uh, yeah I'm, I'm considering that so thank you for your support and uh, yeah just lots of really cool things coming down the pipe and then um, I've been starting to feed the uh, the Bear Targa Times app also with different content so thanks to all the bears out there so look forward to seeing you guys next week and oh as always check out our telegram chat um it's being populated with really really good information from many different sources so uh i like the whole crowdsourcing action that's going on there so thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week